It's that time again. It's time for the guns in the 701 with JD and the boys right here on KPR 550 KFR.com 99.7 FN iHeartRadio. Guys, how the heck are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mike. All right, guys. You got that popular podcast, so tell us what's been going on lately, guys. Yeah, go ahead, Clayton. Why don't you kick it off? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we've been doing a lot of things here, wrapping up the year. Uh, we've had 70-some episodes, and Guns in the 701 is going to be carrying on some new and great things coming up in 2024. But with that, we got Jamie. He's uh, This is his last episode for K-Fire today. And we wrapped up the live stream this week. He's going to be taking a hiatus and uh, doing some other things. But we want to thank him for everything he's done launching this. That's what I want to say first and foremost. So, oh, appreciate that, Clay. Oh, my gosh, you're taking a little time off. Don't forget to write us a postcard, will you, please? (laughs) (laughs) Will do. Will do from the big, exciting city of Bismarck. <laughs> there you go. So, with that, though, I'm going to roll right into uh, to some FBI uh, stuff. Uh, and it has to deal with the NICS background check system. If you're not familiar with that, it's National Instant Criminal Background Check System. And uh, it does not surprise me, but uh, they have actually released uh, numbers that show that over 13.9 million records are tied to illegal aliens in their database which is actually used for the purchase of firearms from a form 4473. And, uh, of course, when you have a, a flood of illegals coming across your border and you've got states that are out there going to even issue them, you know, photo IDs, driver's license, whatever it might be, it's going to make it very easy for them to actually pass that mixed background check system unless something's flagged. And what they talked about here is that they found more than 13.9 million of these incidences that involved illegal aliens. And it was things like, uh, they, ca- they call it a unique prohibiting event. So things like uh, arrest for something, a conviction or commitment to a mental health institution. And then the rest of those, which was most of them were, were things that were flagged, but a few other things were not unique individuals, whatever that means. It wasn't defined. Uh, it, and NICS has a lot of descriptive information of individuals that are identified as being prohibited from receiving a firearm-related permit based on your federal and state firearms prohibitions. And that's why in North Dakota, if you get your your concealed carry permit, I believe, what is that, Jamie? Is that a class one or two? And that essentially will let you bypass that 4473 in the state of North Dakota to purchase firearms or handguns in particular, but uh, all, all firearms. And I don't know, they probably do a little better job, I would think, here state, you know, at a state level. But uh, that's what that's all about when you get that concealed carry. Anything you want to add to that, Jamie? Yeah, I think if you get uh, one or two, you can bypass it. Uh, you know, I, I've slacked on that ever since we passed permitless carry. I haven't actually got my, uh, you know, concealed one or two. I should. I should get it. You and me both. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've never, yeah, never so, believed in buying my right to carry from the state anyway. So, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know it'd be it'd be nice to uh, go to other states that that have reciprocity with it. I can't. Which one is the better one again? One, right? I don't even know on on it. That's like I said, it, I've, I have kind of been slack on it too because we went to a constitutional carry here, so I haven't worried a whole lot about it. And in South Dakota, which is where I go mostly. 
uh, also a non-resident can actually carry concealed in South Dakota as long mm-hmm. as you're not prohibited without a permit. So, but I should get one just like uh, you were talking, just for the sake of aggressive prosecution yeah. in other states. And, of course, you can bypass the new 4473 that's coming out in February. But I think, uh, so this thing you're talking about, these illegals, I, was it, it averaged out to about um, 1,300 of them a year that got that have been denied. But I imagine now that we're getting just absolutely invaded by tens of thousands of them, that this, this number's going to be going up. That would be my guess, Clay. Uh, that'd be happens. mine too, because that was uh, that was based on their fiscal year, uh, twenty twenty two, and then basically the first part of twenty twenty three, which their fiscal year ends what June thirtieth or July first, something like that. Yeah, and I imagine now with over twenty five thousand of them coming in just about every week, the last number I seen, uh, that's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, December has been horrible here uh, of this particular year with with illegal. And they're not migrants, people. These are illegal aliens invading our country. And think about this. Yep. You go to a state like California, and when you look at this actual report as to what's happening, and I thought this uh, guy made a really good point. Uh, he basically said that if you go to a state like California and you can get yourself a driver's license, which is a state-issued photo ID, and you've got nothing on your record, you've got no record of being deported, and and you lie on the 4473, you know, just because it's illegal, no one does it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they do it all the time, and you don't hardly get processed for it. Um, I think they had 12 prosecutions in June of 2018, and by the way, that's the the newest numbers I've got right now. There was roughly 120 or 112,000 denials with only 12 prosecutions done in June by June of 19, uh, 2018. So basically, they're not prosecuting anybody at the ATF when you do lie on that form. So they do that. They yeah, get a photo ID. They lie, and boom. Guess what? They get approved at an FFL dealer for a firearm at no fault of the FFL. <laughs> sorry, the FFL dealer. Yeah. So speaking of criminals, we had a we had a guy in Minnesota, Crow Wing County, uh, DNR's investigating. And apparently, the crime involved uh, a chainsaw, a tree stand, and a damaged hardwood. And evidence at <laughs> the scene. <laughs> Uh, conservation officers were thinking the guy tried to steal a tree stand, um, which was on public land in Crow Wing County, which I just drove through Crow Wing County. But, uh, yeah. but because uh, the stand was locked, the guy didn't, you know, what he did, he took his chainsaw, um, tried to take the whole thing. But, Clay, has anybody who's, who's ever cut trees down since you were a young person like you and I, you know, if you don't do it right, the tree will fall over and, and uh, pinch a chain bar in there, and you're not getting it out. And that's what this guy did. He couldn't get it out by himself. And so, ruin the guy's, ruin the guy's uh, um, tree stand and the tree and his hunt. And, and, of course, you know, we've had stories before of people falling out of trees. I mean, you could have killed the guy or seriously wounded the person. And, you know, the, the fine for that in Minnesota, which you would have got, is, is three. if they ever do catch the guy, they didn't catch him yet, I guess it's 375 bucks. which with that you can just buy yourself a new chainsaw. And, and the guy who was a thief could have you know, get some fouling wedges just so he can actually steal a tree stamp from somebody next time he gives her a call. Yeah. And apparently, apparently this is starting to be a big deal in Minnesota. So I guess keep, I don't know how you're going to other than, you know, chaining your stand to the tree. I don't know how you're going to keep them from, from getting stolen. Yeah. 
I don't either. I, I I saw the picture of what they had in there on that article. I thought that was kind of funny. This chainsaw stuck in there. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, the, really, webs out, buddy. I mean, learn how to cut a tree down. I guess, right? There you go. Evidently, he didn't know. <laughs> and there's plenty of trees to practice on in Minnesota, so he should uh, get out yeah. there and figure it out, right? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. So, all right, hey, Matthew buddy, Simon, we got, uh, we got to I got to give here. you. I'm going to give you an update. Matthew Simon chimed yeah. in and said that one number one, which is a North Dakota concealed carry permit, actually has yeah. better reciprocity. So there's the answer. Thank you, All Matt. Right. That's the one I need to get. That's the one I need Perfect. to get then, Clay. Uh, me too. So, I Mike, said we after got, uh, we, we went the other way. We're going to hit a break here and come back then, Mike, or how do you want to run this this morning? Let, let's go ahead and uh, run through this here, by the way. You guys are doing great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. All righty, right, well, we'll move on then to number three. So, yes, sir. Uh, basically, NRA came out with a video, and it's, it's basically about a South Carolina uh, organization called Chicks with Triggers. I mean, you got to love that, right? Chicks with Triggers. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun right there. But anyway. Good triggers, not the bad kinds, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, it was it's done by Robin Evans. Uh, she's the one who launched Chicks with Triggers in, well, basically 2020 when China virus uh, was taking place, and a lot of firearm ownership was on the increase. We all know that. A lot of guns were being sold, and we've had, what, a 50-month streak now ever since, something like that, of, of mixed background checks yep. for record numbers. So that's great to see. And essentially, NRA picked up on this, and uh, if you guys don't know, you have NRA Women is a part of the National Rifle Association, and it does focus on, basically that's the biggest and largest demographic of people that are buying firearms and getting into firearm shooting and hunting and just anything with the Second Amendment. And that was even that way, even when I was still working for them between 07 and 2015. Ladies were the biggest demographic and the biggest increase of people coming to the firearm shooting sports, and that was just great to see. So they made a video kind of featuring what they were doing, how it got launched, and basically what she wanted to do with chicks with triggers is empower them so that they could defend themselves. And it features a lot of ladies. They picked, I believe, five or six of ladies that had been affected mm -hmm. by situations that would have required them to actually defend themselves, which I went and watched the video. I thought they did a great job with it. She's trained now over 4,500 women right there in South Carolina, and she's uh, one of 125,000 NRA instructors, you know, certified right now across the nation. And Wayne LaPierre, who's uh, NRA's executive vice president and CEO, he basically was giving her praises, which was great to see, and stated that she serves as an ambassador and a leader in the mission of educating Americans in self-defense. I mean, it doesn't get any clearer than that, right? Especially when you look right. at what's happening and like with Joe Biden oh. and old Kamala and Governor Nat Gavin Newsom out there in California. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, Clay, a lot of people think that's a waste of money that the NRA does, which I think is ridiculous because all that's doing is, is getting people more involved in their Second Amendment rights and on our team. If you you know if you don't do Absolutely. outreach like that, how are how are you going to teach some people that just they get a gun and they're not going to? I guarantee you they're talking about this this gal's talking to these other women about civil rights and how important the Second Amendment is just beyond um, um, defending yourself. Which I see here she she concluded in the video actually saying 
The NRA is single-handedly the biggest and strongest organization, especially for gun rights in this country. And I think that without them, we would be absolutely screwed. And I could not agree with her more. <laughs> you know, some well, people don't think the NRA does a does a damn thing. And but I've got bad news for you: uh, the NRA is still putting foot to rear end for the Second Amendment. I love it. Yeah, and I thought that was a great ending. It was what she said, too, in the interview and, and on the video, because she's absolutely right. You and I have talked about that on the show. I don't know how many times. Yes. Mm-hmm. You might have an issue with the NRA here or there. You might not like some of the things they've done. But I can tell you right now, since they formed the ILA part of National Rifle Association back in 1975, I believe it was, there's been nobody that's been to the defense of the Second Amendment more than the National Rifle Association with the clout and the, basically the record of getting legislation either stopped, modified, or passed. And, and let's remember, they've had to make some compromises. They didn't have no choice. Uh, 1994 assault weapons ban was one of those things. And without the NRA, guys, we would have never seen a sunset clause and we'd still be stuck with it. NRA negotiated that in a Democrat House, Democrat House with a uh, Senate and a Democrat president. There was no stopping that bill. That was just mainly sitting there going, we got to litigate it to the most possible thing that will be beneficial for the Second Amendment in the future. And they did it. So, you know, yeah. love them or hate them, it's like anything else. NRA is the big 10,000-pound gorilla in the back of the room. It's going to get things done and help you out. Um, the other groups are great. They've done some good stuff, picking up on the lawsuits Absolutely. and things. They all got to be on the same page. That's just plain and simple truth. Right. And the NRA has usually not been involved in lawsuits. They've been more into the legis- legislative part of things. And, you know, with Joe Biden, Clay, we talked about it the other, the other day there, right? He's trying to uh, bribe states into taking money to pass stuff legislatively in states. So guess what? Guess where the that's where the role is going to shift back to the NRA again, big time about dealing with these state legislatures. Because a lot of these other gun organizations, like you said, Clay, they're they're more involved in court cases and stuff like that. Where the NRA is definitely, in my opinion, more of a legislative um, you know organization. So, but they have been getting involved in some big court cases too. They're involved in brewing. So. You know, which is the biggest big time. Uh, court case for Second Amendment in our lifetime, probably, and probably everybody else's for that matter. But I would you know, say in uh, the world of Second Amendment rights, Bruin was the Roe versus Wade case uh, on, on the abortion issue. It was yeah. huge. Perfect. And it's having Perfect. long-lasting effects that we're going to see well beyond you and me, which is good. As long as we can hold the country together, it'll be the precedent. That was a precedent-setting yeah. case. It's going to now blanket the United States, and you're seeing it already. We're seeing a lot of things overturned, even as things are being kicked back down now through the appellate process on some of these crazy laws. Uh, we're basically seeing them overturned because you have that historical reference on the Bruin case now that they got to apply. So, yeah, it, that, that was a huge nationwide precedent-setting case to protect the Second Amendment. Uh, so let's, let's switch gears here to something a little funner, Clayton, shall we? Instead of uh, yeah, of, uh, I like this one by the way. <laughs> this is pretty cool. Yeah. So so I can't remember where the heck I got this article from. Uh, outdoor um, outdoors life or something. But they got the most famous guns in movies, which a uh, couple I'm going to disagree with, Clay, and I'll get your opinion obviously <laughs> on that too. But we'll go through. They got uh, what they got. They got five or five or six of them here, and I'll go through them real quick. The number one they have is the Colt Single Action Army Model 1873 
which um, Hollywood has, you know, favored the, the peacemaker almost to exclusion of all the other <laughs> handguns that made the Wild West, you know. Um, and oh, yeah. there's been plenty of other ones for that matter. But, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that one, Clayton. How about yourself? Oh, I think that's one of the most iconic. I mean, you see that in just about every movie, the, the Colt Single Action Army. I, I own one myself, so, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be one of those you always have. If, you, if you're a gun collector, you own one you about everything, don't you? Oh, getting there, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so number two, they got uh, Smith & Wesson Model 29, which Dirty Harry made famous. You're the 44 Magnum, the most powerful world in the handgun that can blow your head clean off. And that's a <laughs> yeah. lucky punk. But other than that, I, don't, I guess I don't really, you know, I guess I'm not a huge revolver guy either, so I guess I don't remember that a whole lot. And maybe in the 70s, I was born in 71, so maybe a lot of those movies I didn't. Maybe I'm kind of more of an auto-loader guy, but, I mean, who knows? You know, I don't. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, that's one of them. Clay, I'm going to say I don't. I don't agree with. On the most famous guns and movies, Otter, what do you think about the Model Twenty Nine there and being famous? We use Clayton. No, I think he's All still right, here. Mike. Clayton, you there? Hello. All right, Mike. I tell you what, I'm going to keep going. Then how does that grab you until Clay gets back on? Okay, that'll Number be fine. We'll give it a few more minutes here. You bet. Number three, we got the Walther PPK, which is, of course, made famous in the James Bond movies. You know, the 32 ACP. I'd agree with that one. Number four, we got the Thompson, you know, Thompson submachine gun. Obviously, a bunch of war movies and the gangster movies, which I would agree with, too. And then we got the Sharps Model 74, which, in my opinion, was only made famous in one re- one movie, and that was Quigley Down Under with... Uh, Tom Selleck, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that one off the list. And last but not least, Mike, they got the Winchester Model 73, you know, kind of the, the gun that won the West. I, I would agree with that one. That's in a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of great movies over the years. But my opinion, some guns that should have been on here, we got AR-style rifles, of course, with John Wick, Scarface, and Heat, First Blood, and, of course, Glocks. Glocks should definitely be on here because they're in just about every every Hollywood movie there is, and double-barrel shotguns, Mike. But uh, with that, Mike, if Clay's not back on, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to let you go here. I appreciate the time, and I'd just like to thank KFYR for having me on here with Clay. Clay's going to continue doing this every Friday. I don't know if he's going to be on with us by himself or with uh, with another guy. Wait, he can always be on with Todd and Jesse. They're always his companions. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm back. I don't know what happened on my phone, but I'm back. Okay, yeah, yeah, no biggie, Clay. I I got through it, and I was just uh, we're just kind of wrapping it up. I just was uh, was telling everybody you're going to continue doing the show Fridays here. I'm I'm not quite sure what your plan is, and I just thanking KFR for giving us a chance, especially Todd Mitchell who who brought us in there and had a meeting with us and gave us this opportunity, and me and you, you know Clay's going to continue doing it. And I just thank everybody who's listened to the show and and, and enjoyed listening to it because I've enjoyed doing it. Oh, absolutely, Jamie, and uh, we couldn't have done it without you. You and I started this baby up here in, what, August of 2022, something like that, 2023. I don't yeah. even remember it. It yep. was 2022. Uh, so, you know, over a year and a half, it's been a great ride, and uh, I hope we've, we've basically basically enlightened a lot of people. Um, and I can tell you what the plans are. 
show's moving forward. Um, I got to talk with Todd, and I'm going to also have some of the guys that are going to be helping with the show after this, after the first of the year, and they're also going to be calling in with me every Friday. So the show will go on, and, and I can tell you, Jamie, once in a while, I know will be on there. Uh, guest hosting or covering for us because I've asked him if he'd do that and he said he would. So he's not gone Absolutely. forever, guys. We're still going to be here for you guys. That's all. So, guys, if everybody, thank you for your time. I'd like to wish you a happy New Year's and um, we'll talk to you all in 2024. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Mike. Guys, have a great New Year's and we'll talk to you in 2024. All right. Thank you very much, guys. That's Clark, JD and the crew here on the uh, Guns in the 701. More coming up. I'm Mitchell Lamore, I'm Mike Widener, in for Todd and Jesse, KPR 550, KFWord.com, 99.7 FM, and iHeartRadio.